0: When night has
1: fallen. this is on okay good morning everybody i am a grateful believer in jesus christ who struggles with depression tobacco and food addiction and i am gigi I have been blessed to work with the children in Celebration Place for seven years. Celebration Place is for kids from kindergarten through fifth grade. We also have the landing, which is for the kids from sixth grade through 12th grades. The adults and the kids, as Matt said, the adults come up here for uh, the meeting on Monday nights and we disperse into other rooms as the celebration place and the landing but we all are doing the same lesson. We just do it in kid language and the landing does it in teen language which is something Danielle and Chad do amazingly well as the leaders. A few of the kids um, wanted to share what celebration place and the landing mean to them so we couldn't think of a better way to get our message out to you as to what that evening looks like than to have them speak. They have written their own thing and they melt my heart every time. Thank you.
2: My name is Amber. I'm nine years old. I've been attending CR with my family for seven years. Celebration Place has helped me be more patient with my sister, I have also learned how to take responsibility for my actions and apologize when I need to. My relationship with God has gotten so strong the last year, about at this time I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Celebration Place to me
3: is a program that helps kids come closer to God through lessons made for kids. I think Celebration Place helps kids in a lot of ways, but in one main way, giving up and stopping habits to become closer to God. I was a Christian before I came to Celebration Place, but not as strong as one. But as soon as I started going, I think it, like it, I think
2: it helped me become more like the person God called me to be. Hi, my name is Bailey. I am ten years old. I have been going to Celebration Place for six years now.
4: I lo- with my family for six years now. I love getting to have a meal, worshiping, and being with my friends. I enjoy the
2: lessons we have in Celebration Place. Through we talk through
4: uh, we talk through hard stuff with my leader.
2: Uh, hi, my name is Joshua, and I am 12 years old, and I'm here to talk about The Landing. The Landing is a small group that celebrate recovery for teens and preteens, grade 6th through 12th grade. And The Landing has, a, has had a large impact on my life, and I feel like it has had a larger impact on others, since they are struggling with so many different things. One of the reasons why it is such a powerful program is everyone there is going through something very hard on them, and, they, and the leaders are so kind and relatable. And that has been such a blessing because in the struggle of school, peer pressure, family, and more problems, it is nice to have someone to relate to.
5: Hi, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I struggle with food addiction, codependency, and depression. My name's Danielle. Danielle. Well, I have been in recovery from my struggle with food for nine years. Overeating and bulimia were normal for me, as I struggled with food since my early teens. I didn't see it as a problem, nor had I heard of food addiction. I mean, come on, everybody's got to eat. How are you going to give that up? I felt a deep ache and emptiness that nothing seemed to fill. No matter what I did, that ache would not go away. When Joel and I got married, we were fighting all the time, and life seemed useless. I fell in a deep depression, my past shame weighing me down. I tested him all the time by picking fights, packing my stuff over and over to see if he would go. But he was always there, loving and supportive but I didn't love myself. Shame is a joy stealer. Nine years ago, when my mother convinced me to go to one of her recovery meetings, I went so she would realize I wasn't struggling. (laughs) When I refused to admit my powerlessness, I was only deceiving myself. The lie I told myself and others was familiar. I can stop anytime I want to. I'm in control. This one won't hurt anything all the while reaching closer to disaster. I decided to start my road to recovery that night after that first meeting. I got a sponsor and a plan of action. Three months into my recovery, I'd lost my weight. I had a clear mind and my depression seemed to slip away, and I wanted to help others. I started coming to celebrate recovery shortly after joining Impact Christian Church. It has been such a blessing to be a part of a recovery group that points me back to the Lord. Since joining Celebrate Recovery, I've released um, resentments and past shame that I was carrying for so long. I choose to continue my recovery, working the 12 steps with the biblical comparisons, working one day at a time, one moment at a time, with the help of the Lord and Savior, a sponsor and accountability partners. I know I'm not alone in this recovery journey. In my personal journey to freedom, there is no substitutes for his presence. For years, I've looked for people to stand in Jesus' place, only realize that they are human and imperfect. Oftentimes, disappointment, disillusionment, and sorry, and ultimate offense and bitterness would take place, take root in my heart as I put people in the position to meet needs only Jesus can. Then I would move to other substitutes, which we all do from time to time—simple distractions that can become addictions in order to dull the pain within us. TV show binging, overuse of alcohol, drug abuse, food addiction, nightlife, work, perfection, performance, and so on. However, as crazy as it sounds, feeling pain is essential to finding out what needs healing in our lives. Our distraction tends to replace our face-to-face time with the Father who has the desire, ability, and power to search our hearts and help us face the pain and be healed. We have to stop trying to mask the pain, our pain with counterfeits and simply be with him. But it is not an easy journey. I have to continually remind myself my value and worth to God. I, re- I intentionally work to keep my thoughts centered on Jesus because if I don't, I can easily slip back into the darkness of my past. In those moments, I'm, I remind myself again by your wounds, I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus, I am not stained and ruined. I'm clean and pure and precious, and so are you. Thanks for letting me share. I get the blessing and privilege to. Oh. <laughs> Uh, introduce my sweet sister in recovery Jill McCracken good
4: morning I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ I struggle with PTSD from past abuse my name is Jill in September of 2012 I walked in to celebrate recovery for the first time beside my husband We were attending for him to work on his issues, and I was just going along to be supportive. It took one meeting for me to realize that I had struggles too. Hold on, I just clicked something. Um, I listened to the the other women in, in the groups share their struggles, and I saw myself in them. Early on, before I recognized that I had been struggling with the effects of abuse from our f- previous relationship, I would identify as one who struggled with codependency, which was still accurate. I had spent many years in an abusive relationship, and during those years and even the years following, I tried to hide my anguish under a mask of accomplishment and control. As long as I appeared to have everything under control, I was able to function but it was very stressful, and it caused a lot of anxiety. When the bottom dropped and the control I thought I had disappeared, I was among the most encouraging, genuine, supportive family I found in Celebrate Recovery. The Lord has been chiseling away at my character flaws, and I have finally allowed him to be in control of me. I am notorious for giving them up, and taking them back, and he loves me and blesses me in spite of myself. I have been blessed with a support system who loves Jesus. My accountability partners and sponsor hold me accountable, and they have encouraged me to serve and give back in this ministry. There is a sweet blessing that only comes from serving others. I am far from perfect these days. Through share groups and step studies, The Lord continues to reveal parts of me I still need to work on. With the Lord, I have focused on being more financially responsible. I have recovered from the bondage of resentment and unforgiveness. And I have begun a new journey with my struggle with PTSD. Through all of this work, my husband and I have grown stronger through our struggles. The Lord continues to show us His amazing mercy and grace through this constant sanctification process we call recovery. Thanks for letting me share. And it is my privilege and honor to introduce our ministry leaders, Lee and Jeannie Chapin.
3: I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with codependency, fear, and anxiety, and I'm Jeannie. Hi, Jeannie.
6: I'm a grateful believer in Jesus, sober now 30 years, and I currently struggle with anger and fear. My name is Lee. Hi, Lee. I grew up in a relatively normal middle-class home in a small town in Ohio. We were taught to be moral. Most things were right or wrong, black or white. There was a belief in God, but no relationship. Church was Christmas and Easter, weddings and funerals. When I was in my teens I quit attending church altogether. I am thankful though that I was given a basic belief in God.
3: I grew up in the church with God always a part of my life. My mom had 12 siblings and my dad 10 and they continued that large family tradition that Catholics are known for. I was the last born and the only girl which may sound like a position of privilege but in reality my position was largely an invisible one.
6: When I was young, something happened that defined much about me and the choices I later made. Somewhere around eight years old, I was sexually abused. I kept it secret and minimized the impact of this for a number of years. That experience, combined with an early exposure to adult magazines and alcohol, took away an innocence which couldn't be recaptured. Fast forward to high school, I could best be described as a chameleon, also known as a codependent. I could fit in with just about any group but wasn't really known by anyone. I started experimenting with alcohol and eventually marijuana and harder drugs. I thought this was great because I could be the guy I wanted to be. It gave me confidence and helped mask the pain and confusion I had going on inside of me. I was into sports, got good grades, had friends and girlfriends, yet I had no idea who I was. The year after high school, I took a job working for a contractor. Late one night, after parting way beyond my capacity, I was driving home when I lost control of my truck and ran into a sign, totaling the sign and my truck. My dad picked me up and on the way home said something that has stuck with me through the years. Frequency, intensity, and duration. If you do something often enough, hard enough, long enough, something is going to happen.
3: My parents were loving people and they did their best to provide for our large family. We lived simply and did what was needed to survive, even living in my aunt's garage with chinchillas that she raised. In those early years with insecurity over the most basic needs, life was chaotic and my survival skill was to be as invisible as possible. Thus, the secret of sexual abuse was one that I kept until I was well into my forties. Somehow I twisted that abuse into being my fault, a belief that I could have stopped it and didn't, and the shame surrounding that lie kept me silent for decades. Mental illness was another well-kept secret in our family. I witnessed behaviors associated with schizophrenia, but this was a topic of conversation that was off limits, as it surrounded much shame for my mother. As a little girl, I didn't know how to make sense of this. Along with my mom's depression and hospitalizations, this solidified my fear and insecurity. Despite these challenges, my belief in God was intact until I entered my teens. I began to then question why our allegiance to God seemed to begin and end on Sunday mornings. And not knowing how to have a relationship with Jesus, I put God on the back burner and began to find my way out of invisibility by way of alcohol. I used this strategy to avoid loneliness, fear, and anxiety, and I continued down this path for many years. I somehow managed to remain a decent student and athlete. Poor choices regarding substance abuse escalated in college as I continued to run from hurt and pain. Drugs and alcohol became the fuel for a life of promiscuity as I drifted farther from God. In 1986, I earned myself a college degree, a DUI, and a year's probation. I proposed a fresh start in Colorado and somehow my probation officer went for it. Unfortunately, I was still ignoring God, so my hurts, habits, and hangups followed me to Colorado. I was living according to what seemed right in the moment and I would continue on this unhealthy trend for many years.
6: During college, I was able to maintain a similar pattern as high school, but my partying grew. While I didn't know it at the time, unresolved fear, anxiety, anger, guilt, and shame were being medicated through drugs, alcohol, and relationships. Needing spending money, I took a job as a bartender. It didn't take long until my life was completely out of control. Taking a break from college after my junior year, I returned home, began dating a girl, and ended up getting her pregnant. We did the right thing and got married. Life was one big party, and after two kids and three unhealthy years, we divorced. As messed up as I was, God had placed in me a father's heart, and that is what it took to get my attention. I saw my kids on a regular basis, but was nearly always drinking when I was with them. One night, taking them back to their mom's house, I had a car accident and nearly killed them. After seeing the total truck, there was no question that his hand was covering us. After the accident, I was court-ordered to drug and alcohol counseling into a DUI weekend. I was only 27 years old and yet I knew something needed to change. Until this time, I had been sporadically attending church where there was a great young pastor who invited me to play softball and volleyball in the church leagues. Though I'm sure he could smell alcohol in my breath. He continued to invite me and love on me. And the DUI week, After the DUI weekend, I began attending AA and earnestly attending church. I got saved and sober In 1989
3: I floundered spiritually into my adult life I was seeking and visiting different religions and churches and I finally found what I was missing and was baptized in 1998 at Woodland Park Christian Church I wanted so much to trust God and do things his way but even after committing my life to Christ I continued to live life my way asking God to bless my plans I was a mess, and I would flounder for another 12 years before finally submitting my life and my will to Christ. In these years of wandering, I continued to misuse alcohol and enter into codependent, unhealthy relationships, ignoring many warning signs. I entered into three marriages, minimizing things I shouldn't have and ignoring God who was trying to convict me through the Holy Spirit. I had become a master at silencing the Holy Spirit within with alcohol and avoidance, and I continued to live life according to my feelings and flesh. As time passed, ignoring the Holy Spirit became easier, and the longer I ignored, the harder it became to even hear Him. After a couple of divorces, I was in a third unhealthy marriage, realizing a few years in that my spouse was in the midst of active addiction, I began attending a counseling group for family members of addicts and the counselor sparked my recovery journey by gently recommending that Al-Anon might be a good idea for me. James 4.8 says to draw near to God and He will draw near to you. In this desperate and fearful time, I drew near and clung to Jesus as I picked up the pieces of my life. For the first time, I was trying to do things God's way. At my first Al-Anon meetings, I listened, too fearful to speak. But slowly, the fear of speaking my secrets began to pale in comparison to the pain of continuing to keep them. I found hope in Jeremiah 29-11. Knowing God had a plan for my life was a great comfort to me, and I began to build greater trust in Him.
6: Well, in AA, I, got, I met my second wife. We were both sober Christians working on our recovery. Unfortunately, we carried a lot of baggage into the marriage. And while we both loved God, we struggled for many years to make it work though we were blessed with two sons. We moved to Colorado in 2005 and began attending Woodland Park Christian Church, now known as Impact. Ultimately, this marriage ended in divorce, which brought me to a crisis of faith. Not long after, Impact hired a pastor to lead Celebrate Recovery, who then asked several of us to join him in the startup. The beginning step was for us to complete a step study, and we began gender-specific groups at that time. John 10.10 says... The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I wanted and needed that abundant life.
3: My growing relationship with Christ and my commitment to recovery and counseling served as anchors when opiate addiction ultimately claimed my husband's life. Though my relationship with the Lord was solid, I still, for a time, went back to that old survival skill of drawing inward and seeking invisibility. The small town where everyone knows your name is a hard place to be when life goes awry. I was steeped in shame, embarrassment, and fear, but this church family surrounded my girls and me with love, prayer, and acceptance. I quietly continued my spiritual journey with God as he continued his restoration and reclamation of my heart and my life. A few years later, a new impact pastor asked anyone with 12-step experience to come to a Celebrate Recovery Startup meeting. I quickly realized that while Al-Anon had sparked my recovery, there was still much work to be done, and I plugged in.
6: As I started my healing journey in Celebrate Recovery, God continued to work on me and to heal my broken places. He also worked on Jeannie, healing her wounds and teaching her to trust God and me. Both serving with the youth group at Impact and playing on the church softball team, God sparked our hearts along with our recovery as he led us into Celebrate Recovery. We began to grow in him, And as our relationship progressed and we talked of marriage, we knew that our seven kids would be fearful and weary of yet another marriage. My children had feelings of abandonment, feeling that I was choosing Jeannie's kids over them. Jeannie's daughters with deep wounds and fear held me at arm's length as this had never worked out for them before. Celebrate Recovery reminded Jeannie and me to rely on God and trust His plan. It gives us tools on restoring relationships, making amends, and forgiving one another. Over time, trust has been built, fear has been replaced with joy and gratitude. That is not to say that all wounds have been erased, but as we continue to work our recovery one day at a time, God continues to rebuild and redeem. Joel 2.25 says, "'So I'll restore to you the years "'that the swarming locust has eaten.'" We believe in this first and have seen it in our lives.
3: Involved in Celebrate Recovery every day since that first planning meeting, the Lord has changed me. Through Celebrate Recovery, strained relationships have been healed. The Lord has helped me to extend and receive forgiveness, and it was through CR that I was able to finally let go of shame and guilt regarding my past choices, particularly those choices that negatively impact my children. While there is truth in the fact that my choices impacted my children, My daughters experienced pain because of those choices. They were also bystanders to the transformation that occurred in my life once I submitted to God. They continue to watch me walk this recovery road, and their eyes have witnessed true change, change that I could not make on my own, change that only happened with the Lord. They also have watched a marriage thrive with God at the center.
6: When our CR leader left Impact, I was asked to take the lead. I felt totally inadequate, especially with where I was spiritually. In hindsight, it was a good place to be, as I needed to be led by God and not by my own strength. Back to that advice my dad gave me so many years ago about frequency, intensity, and duration. That same same applies to my recovery. The more I prioritize meetings, the harder I pursue the Lord, and the longer I keep coming back, something's bound to happen, and that something is recovery.
3: We would love to say that life has been easy since Celebrate Recovery, but that is just not the case. Life is filled with ups and downs and pain, and that is truth with or without Celebrate Recovery. Ministry leaders are not exempt, and in fact, we are in a difficult season with a child in a serious battle with depression. Though we as parents saw warning signs for years, more recently with drug and alcohol usage, this battle went largely unacknowledged by our child. Our attempts to intervene and support and talk about feelings were unwanted and unwelcome. The I'm fine lie left us powerless and we entrusted our child to the Lord and prayed that he would bring things to light. Perhaps not in the way we hoped, our prayer was answered earlier this month as we got a phone call from a hospital rep who told us that our child was hospitalized with a seizure. Privacy laws prevented more detail, but we read between the lines and knew that we were looking at a drug overdose. Certainly not the outcome we hoped for, and yet, as we waited for more info, we praised God that our child was alive, that help was in place, and we immediately reached out to our Celebrate Recovery family for prayer. We held hope and healing that healing and restoration could be possible with this issue out into the light. Obviously, we do not know what will come in the days and months ahead and we are doing our best to live one day at a time and to live joyfully even in the midst of the unknown. With this overdose, much was revealed and many decisions and life changes had to be made emergently. We grieve for our child who is grieving things lost. Loss of friends, loss of a life dream, the move to a new place with so many things yet to be determined. All these impact the already compromised mental health of our child, but as we wait to see if counseling and prescribed medication will bring relief, we fight hard not to let our hope rise and fall with the rise and fall of our child's depression.
6: Thanks to our established trust in God, we have faith that come what may, our God has a plan and our child will be okay. But no matter what, he is with us. We're grateful that because of Celebrate Recovery, we know and live the serenity prayer. When fear takes us to that what-if place, we come back to that phrase, one day at a time, one moment at a time. And when we need help back to that one-day-at-a-time space, we're grateful for Celebrate Recovery friends who lovingly remind us to focus on today and to pray and hope and live. Romans 8:28 says, "And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose." Just as there is beauty in ashes, beauty from ashes. In this season, we have watched our other six children and extended family rally and unite in support. There's no blame, no judgment, only true love and solidarity. Like the good shepherd searching for the lost sheep, we've been blessed to watch our family collectively fight for our lost one just as God fights for each one of us. God is using this difficult circumstance and the pain of our child to bind together a blended family that once was divided, hurt, and fearful. We praise him.
3: Thanks for letting Letting us us share. share. Thank you. We would uh, like to close uh, uh, our part of this by extending an invitation to all of you. Um, Celebrate Recovery meets every Monday night at 6 p.m. It is a place where you can find people to do life with. Um, Luckily, we had a support system in place when our life took a U-turn this month. And um, I would encourage you all to find a place to, um, to make this church even smaller so that you have that, that network of people uh, that can support you. Uh, we have life groups here, and there are life groups that meet on the weekends and in the evenings, and so there's one for everybody. Uh, so besides Celebrate Recovery, we have life groups. We have um, a Bible study that meets at 8 a.m. here on Sundays, and we have Bible studies Uh, for men and women during the week, so I would encourage you to find a spot um, just to uh, build those relationships. Also, we know that in serving, we are blessed, and so I know Debbie's always looking for volunteers for um, the Kids Zone, and there are many opportunities to serve in this church, and um, we are going to now introduce uh, Ronnie and Jennifer Martin, who are going to come up and tell you about yet another opportunity, um, a place for you to find a family uh, that can help you through um, difficult times and celebrate good times.
0: (laughs) Good morning. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with overeating and my name is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. Um, this morning, you've heard many people share, adults and kids, some of their struggles. You've also heard how they've chosen to face their struggles and turn to God as a solution to their problems through Celebrate Recovery. We have all been hurt in our lives. We have all hurt others. Um, by the time we're adults, we all have some sort of hurt habit or hangup that has us stuck in some way. The good news is we all have the choice to change. One of the many wonderful Celebrate Recovery resources that is available is a study called Life's Healing Choices. Ronnie and I went through this study a few years ago with our Celebrate Recovery leadership team um, in New Mexico before we moved to Woodland Park. This study goes through eight choices that we can make to bring, um, to begin to work on our hurts, habits, and hangups, and ultimately to change our lives. These eight choices are. Admitting need, getting help, letting go, coming clean, making changes, repairing relationships, maintaining momentum, and recycling pain. Um, Choices one and two are about admitting that you need help and taking the steps to get that help. Uh, Choices three and four are committing our lives to Christ and allowing him to be in control and getting past whatever it is that has us stuck. Um, That could be a number of things, but guilt, fear, shame, unforgiveness are few. Um, Choices five and six are about making changes in our lives and repairing broken relationships. And finally, choices seven and eight are about continuing to move forward in our recovery even after we've found success and about sharing our story with others. Ronnie is going to share a small part of his testimony and how it relates to choices three um, and four, letting go and coming clean.
2: I'm a grateful follower of Christ that has overcome drug addiction. I still struggle with tobacco, pride, and anger. My name is Ronnie. Okay, choice three, letting go, and choice four is coming clean. Yes, letting go is a choice. Or in other words, forgiving others is a choice. You see, I made a choice 36 years ago. Man, that sounds like a long time. Not to let go. And I held on to anger and bitterness for 24 years, and it kept me stuck in addiction. Here's what the choice of letting go and forgiving did for me. As a child, I was physically abused by my ex stepdad that I would grow to despise and hate for most of my life. For 24 years, that anger and bitterness, forgiveness, it controlled my life. But a few years ago, I was able to forgive that man. And I'm going to cry. One day I called my baby brother and I asked him for his dad's phone number. I called this ma- oh, man. I called this man and told him that I'd forgave him and that I knew it wasn't him, it was the alcohol. I called this man my Facebook stalker. He friended me on Facebook, and anytime I posted something scriptural, scriptural or biblical, or in a biblical aspect as it pertains to my life. Within seconds, and I mean seconds, he would either comment on it or like it. Six months after forgiving him, he gave his life to Christ. Six months after that, he passed away. See, forgiveness had a ripple effect. Not only did it set me free, but it set him free. And I know today he's dancing around on streets of gold. John 8, 36 says, He who the Son sets free is surely free. Thanks for letting me share.
0: That was a pretty powerful testimony on forgiveness. Putting life's healing choices into action in our own lives can change us and others in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. I came in to celebrate recovery to support and encourage my husband through his recovery What I wasn't expecting to find was that I, too, had some recovery that needed to take place. I needed to make some choices to find some healing for my own hurts and hang-ups that had developed from my first marriage, which was very abusive. Participating in Celebrate Recovery and making choices like those after spending many years living in fear and trying to control all things around me. After seven years in this program, Ronnie and I still make Celebrate Recovery a regular part of our week. We are still growing and changing as our walk with the Lord continues to grow each of us individually, but also together as a couple and as a family. You heard our daughter, Amber, speak earlier. A few years ago, I decided that it was time to accept that I had a struggle with overeating and that I needed to make that the new focus of my recovery. But this time, it wasn't scary or hard to admit um, that I had this struggle because I knew that my Celebrate Recovery family, my forever family, would be there to support me through the ups and the downs. It's been a struggle and not one that I have yet conquered, but I have no doubt that I will find victory with my CR family by my side cheering me on. God has plans for all of us. He created each of us with a purpose. Sometimes our purpose isn't always clear to us, and sometimes our purpose isn't reachable because we are stuck or struggling to overcome our hurts, hang-ups, and habits in our lives. So if that's where you are, where do you go from here? Well, one thing you could do is participate in Life's Healing Choices Study. And we're very excited to announce that in the coming weeks, we're going to launch a 16-week Life Healing Choices Study here on Sunday mornings. Um, The exact date and time has not been selected, so keep your ears and eyes open for that information when it comes. Um, We'd love to have as many people join us as possible. It will be a life-changing study for you. There's an interest sheet in the lobby that you can sign up with your name and email and phone number, and we will make sure to contact you um, with all the information as it comes available. And we just want to, one more time, remind you to join us tomorrow night. Um, We're here at 6 p.m. for dinner, and uh, the meeting starts at 6.30. And like Matt said earlier, it's chip night, and it's always so fun to not only surrender your own hurts and habits and hang-ups to the Lord, but to watch people celebrate their success. So thank you for letting us share.